And so me and the kids, we go over there and, you know, I'll be honest, I was there for the free stickers. <laughs> uh, but look at me now, right? <laughs> they got me. Where's the sticker? Yeah. It's not uh, even on your water bottle. I know, I know. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Meet the Ministers. I'm your host, Kevin McDonald, joined always by Al Robinson. Hey, how you doing today? Doing well yourself? Uh, I'm doing great. Another beautiful day in Lyman, Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> clear out here in the plains. I know. Are we in Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so how is the uh, the sore muscles? They're still they're still sore. Like I was telling you uh, a while ago, I was working out. You got me doing these uh, kettlebell exercises and... I pulled a muscle in my neck, and now I can't look right. So uh, I'll just look left. <laughs> still, still can't look right. <laughs> we are very excited to introduce uh, Johnny Miranda. He was baptized November twentieth, two thousand sixteen, at the Southwest Church of Christ in Tucson, Arizona. In August of two thousand and nineteen, Johnny entered into ministry. Mister Miranda has been at the Lyman Church of Christ since August of twenty twenty one. Johnny went to the Bear Valley Bible Institute. We're so very happy you're here with us today. Uh, thank you. Awesome. And it was the Southside Church of Christ. Southside Church of Christ. What did I say? Southwest. Oh. That's all right. Directions are very difficult when you have no <laughs> mountains to see. <laughs> <That happens. laughs> um, so yeah, thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is really a pleasure of mine because um, it's always great to be able to share a testimony of how Christ has changed people's lives. So, you know, this is no different than that. Um, I guess for me, starting off, uh, I was raised in a Catholic home. My, uh, my family and I, we were more Catholic by title than practice. So it was very easy to, you know, step away from the church when things got rough or we just didn't feel like going because, Hey, there's a football game, you know, let's stay home. <laughs> so, um, where but, was, where was this at? So this is in Tucson, Arizona. Um, our mother of sorrow parish, um, so one of the things for me is obviously being an, ob an obedient kid for, to my parents. Uh, you know, they made us go to Sunday school so we can do the Holy Communion and the Confirmation. So I believe I finished my Confirmation by eighth grade. And by that time, we were given the choice of, hey, do you still want to continue? Like, we're not going to force you. We're not going to expect you. But this is pretty much your free will. Like, you know, use it wisely. So I'm thankful they, they gave me that. But being a, a very worldly kid at the time, I took that and ran away or ran away from the church. I, I wanted nothing to do with the church, nothing to do with God, mainly because I didn't understand the purpose of why I was doing those things. How old were you when you made that decision? Uh, of not going to church and all that stuff. So let's see, eighth grade, I was, can't, I can't think how old I was. 13? Yeah, somewhere around that, 12, 13. So, yeah, it was just, it, the religion was just something that you did. It wasn't really a, a, a part of who you were at it that It really point. wasn't. No. Um, you know, sa uh, Saturday through, or Monday through Saturday was be whoever you are, and then Sunday you have to play this, you know, put this mask on. Yeah, of, play the role. Yeah. Play the role of this holy guy. And so, obviously, because of that, I, I never found interest in it. And um, 
so yeah, uh, like I said, I did my confirmation by eighth grade and then uh, moved into high school. And so by high school, um, I was really just looking to fit in. I uh, I didn't care where it was. You know, I felt like, you know, especially during that time, it was more, you know, who is Johnny Miranda? You know, I'm trying to figure myself out. And so, you know, it was very easy for me to to just accept anything in my life at the time. So started hanging out with the people that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. Like, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yep, guilty. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> Hands are raised on this side of the table. Yep, so, um, you know, freshman year, I guess I was still okay because uh, one of my motivations was, you know, I'm a basketball player. You know, I can't be hanging out with these guys. But, you know, the more and more I got into it, it just, I just, uh, I just gravitated towards those groups. Um, my sophomore year, or... My junior year was really when things started to really go further and further down. Uh, my dad was deported January of 2013. And so that split up the family. Um, you know, obviously not having that father figure in your home to um, to be the disciplinary, to, you know, to be the role model and all that stuff really tore us up. So when you say tore you up, how many siblings do you have? Yes, I have two older brothers and two younger sisters, so I'm the middle one. Um, and obviously my mom. And, and so my dad, um, who is my stepdad, but he earned the title of dad mm-hmm. because I have never met my biological father. But um, anywho, January 2013, uh, this is the second semester of my uh, sophomore year. And so when that happened, I really rebelled. And part of that was my mom's working full time. She's trying to keep the house together and pay the rent and all that stuff. And so she didn't have time to be, you know, micromanaging us kids in school. And so, um, yeah, I guess uh, I took that opportunity and really ran wild, started, started going to parties and, you know, doing drugs and all that stuff. And um, anything to escape reality. Yeah. Yeah, because um, part of me uh, during this time is I'm trying to figure out who I am, and so I'm trying to see, are these things going to find fulfillment in my life? Am I going to find my purpose do th- through doing these things? And to be honest, uh, you know, the sin it feels good. It feels good to do these things. It's pleasurable, but, you know, it doesn't bring you anywhere, yeah. you know, especially when we're talking about eternity. So leaves you empty. Yeah, if sin... If sin wasn't attractive, <laughs> it would be worthless. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a struggle to stay away from it, would yep. it? Yeah, exactly. There's a reason why we do it. Yep. And so this kind of, this carried on. Uh, I graduate high school uh, 2015, May of 2015, at Santa Rita High School in Tucson. And at this point, you know, it was my turn to go get a job and help my mom with, you know, paying the rent and the bills and all that stuff. So your other siblings were already doing this? Correct. Correct. My two older brothers were helping at the time, so, you know, now it's my turn to, so I had no intentions of going to college, anything like that. I just wanted to be there and help my mom, Um, and so that really helped me mature um, in understanding what it meant to actually provide for yourself and for others financially, and so it was at that point that, you know, looking back at all of what my parents did for me, I was really grateful for what they did. And, you know, growing up at the time, I wasn't grateful. 
you know, I didn't understand the concept of money. So yeah, yeah. most children don't. My son, <laughs> especially. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to yeah. I'll ask my my boys, Jackson and Wyatt. They listen to these podcasts. I'm like, how much do you think this costs? I'm like, at least thirty five thousand dollars. Like, son, that's a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're trying to teach that with my kids right now. It's they just want to they'll break things and say, like, well, now we we don't have that. It's like, well, you can just buy another one. They're at Walmart. It's like, that's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. takes work. And, and like you're talking about in your life, it's like up to that point, it's you don't realize how good things are until you don't have them anymore. Exactly. Yeah. What did you do for your first job? I uh, Let's see here. So I my intention was I wanted to work as a cook because I um, took two years of culinary school in high school to uh, to give me that credibility. Um, I didn't have experience, so wasn't hired in most of the places that I applied at. So that led me to, well, I need a job. So I decided to start working at a call center where my oldest brother was at. And it was a call center. I was uh, an account manager for an electric company that uh, provided electric uh, to residents in Texas. Uh, So I did that. Let's see. Started in July of 2015 through somewhere in December. So it, it didn't really last long. And part of that was, you know, I want to be a cook. You know, I, I um, that's what I went to school for. And so um, I found a job working at a Mexican restaurant as a line cook. Um, it's funny. They started me off as a dishwasher and said, hey, we'll work your way up. A week later, they said, hey, you ready to cook? I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm ready. <laughs> My dishpan hands. <laughs> yeah. The, being a dishwasher, uh, very easy, but it's very hard. Yeah. You know, as far, yes. as, far as the, you're just on your feet 24-7 there. So anyways, I uh, started working as a line cook, and I'm trying to remember when I started that. I think it was around the same time in December of 2015, and um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but one of the things that I learned was this job is taking the joy out of cooking for me because it was so, it was just a lot of work and I, I, I I was able to handle the work. It was just, I'm not enjoying it as much as I, as I wanted to. So did you grow up enjoying, enjoying cooking? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, Ratatouille was my inspiration too. Hey, anyone can cook. So, yeah. And so you see cooking as more of a. Uh, artistic in the the regimented of you know the line cook because I've been a line cook where it's you make the same items every day the exact same way all the time and it's the speed is the key and it's not right. really the you're not doing it because you love cooking it's I'm, I'm I'm working quickly to get a paycheck right mm-hmm. yeah it's like man well and, it, and it's an art uh, um, it was a way for me to express myself and being able to bring people together in cooking and you know just giving it my own. Seeing the uh, the smile on people's faces, we're like, oh, this is really good. So, um, part of what led me to not like cooking was, you know, the environment. You know, there's a lot of wor- worldly guys at the time, and um, it was when I started to seek God and tried to have this relationship. When I was like, I can't be hanging around, you know, the uh, not to belittle anyone, but I can't be hanging around like people like this because it, it, it's not good for my for my well being. Yeah, people who obviously don't have anything to do with Christ. Right. right? Yeah. Yep. And Paul tells the Corinthians there, I think it's in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, uh, bad company, 
corrupts good morals. And it's, it's true. I mean, being associated with those and I've, you know, I've worked in restaurants before everybody, everybody's a smoker, everybody's foul mouth. It, it is just a, it's permeated and you're just expected to live like that. And mm-hmm. being engulfed in that, it's like, takes the joy out of it. Like you're saying, it's like, sure. I'm, I'm doing this for the joy of cooking, not for whatever this has turned itself into. Yeah. Since you brought it up that you started to seek out Christ, what caused that in your life? It's a great question. So part of that was I'm still in this, you know, I'm trying all these things that the world is offering me. Um, and so that led me, what is my purpose in life? I was really struggling with that because I was like, there's more to life than just going out on the weekends and, you know, having that nice car and clothes and you know, the new iPhone and so I, once I had these things and they didn't bring this fulfillment, I was like, there's got to be more to life than just these things. You know, what's my purpose? Um, you know, if it's not money, drugs, sex, and all these other things, then where can I find true fulfillment in my life? Um, and so that question led me to a spiritual journey to seek God in the year of 2016. Um so one of the things that I did was I um, I would watch videos on YouTube, and most of the videos were, hey, the world's coming to an end. You need to repent and be right with God <laughs> yeah. for the rapture and all these other things. Yeah. But in a way, it, it kind of sparked that, am I right with God? You know, uh, Do I have that relationship with him? Because if I don't, you know, there's heaven and hell. You know, so I need to be right with God. Um my friend's mom, who I used to hang out with, my friend, of course, and then we would hang out at his place. Um, she was uh, she she went to a community church, and so she had some faith. Um, and I remember I was just I started asking her questions. Like um, um, one of the questions that obviously permeates in my mind is, "How do I know if I'm saved?" And her response to me was, well, if you accept him into your heart, he will be saved. And so at the time, I accepted that for, for what it was because I didn't know any different. Um, so she, she saw the interest that I was having in trying to have this relationship with God, so she gave me a Bible. And so that really started a journey of, okay, if I want to know what God's will is, I need to start reading his word. And so I remember I started in Genesis, went through Exodus, Pretty sure I got stuck somewhere in Leviticus. So I was just <laughs> like, what's going on Gave here? Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I was taking the approach of reading it from cover to cover. Obviously, it stopped in Leviticus. Um, and Somewhere in February. You're going to be David reading. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I went back to my uh, friend's mom, and I was just like, hey, you know, um, I started asking more questions, and she gave me devotional material to start reading. And so this actually helped me, uh, it introduced me to the New Testament side of things and understanding what Christ did and, you know, uh, reading about his life. And so that really um, was a good opportunity for me. Uh, specifically, I remember I was like, well, my name's Johnny. There's the book of John. I'm going to go with the book of John. And I started reading through there. And I remember in chapter three, you know, Jesus is telling Nicodemus that one must be born again in order to, th- to see the kingdom of God. And in my mind at the time, I was just like, what does that mean to be born again? Same question that Nicodemus asked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, well, what I did was I got an index card and I wrote the question down and um, I left it at that. Now, I didn't know what it meant, but I knew it was important to see the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. Um, 
And so fast forward, um, I'm still, you know, reading through the Bible, going through devotional stuff and trying to, to have this relationship with God. And I remember it was, let's see here. So when I decided to stop working at that Mexican restaurant somewhere around August, I la- I was able to get a job at a Jero and I started working there uh, October of 2016. And... What's interesting about me landing that job was um, I applied. They had a phone interview, um, did the phone interview, and then they said, hey, if we call you back, we'll, we want you to come back for a second interview. But if we send you an email, you didn't get the job. Well, a couple of days later, I got the email that I didn't get the job. But at the time, I was so I, – I trusted that God was going to provide, right? I was just like, you know, if this is, you know, where you want me to be – you know, let it be. And if it's not, then we'll work something else out and go from there. And so I get that email. I'm just like bummed out. But I was like, you know what? God's going to provide. So I have nothing to worry about. And so a couple of days later after that email, I'm in my backyard, uh, you know, raking and cleaning up the backyard. And I get a call. And so I go to rush and get my phone. And it's a Jero, uh, the company I started working for. And they're like, hey, can you come in for uh, for an interview? Well, yeah, of course <laughs> I can. And um, and my curiosity was, well, what what happened? I got the email a couple of days ago, and so, you know, and now you're calling me, so. You're like, well. Uh, Getting mixed signals here. <laughs> uh, and my conclusion was, I think someone dropped from their list of people that they were going to do that. And so they're like, well, let's let's give this guy a chance, so. It worked out and uh, went in for that interview, uh, did a good job, and I got hired. Um, and I guess that's a testament of, you know, I put my faith in God to, you know, if this is your will, let it be. And and it happened. So I was really thankful for, for that opportunity. And so I started working there. My first day was October 31st, Halloween night of 2016. And so that, that led me to meeting a member of the church at a Jero. Um, so this member, Brother in Christ, he and I went to elementary, middle, and high school together. But we were acquaintances. I knew of him. He used to hang out with my uh, younger sister. But me and him just were never on that friendship level, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, so him and I just start talking. We start hanging out. And I remember one night, it was a Tuesday night, it was uh, five days before my baptism, so this is November 15th of 2016, him and I are talking, and, you know, out of the blue, he just asked me, he's like, what do you think about baptism? Yeah, I was like, um, I was like, well, I don't really know much about it. And so his approach in talking to me about baptism and the importance of it was he used the plan of salvation. He said, here, believe repent, confess, and be baptized. And, you know, at the time I was just like, that's very logical. Like, it makes sense. So I was just like, oh, well, it's good because I was uh, baptized as a kid in mm-hmm. the Catholic Church. I was uh, I was sprinkled. And his response was, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that. And so, you know, he went through it, and he plainly asked me, he's like, as a kid, I think I was like six years old when that happened, did you accept Christ as your Lord? 
you know, did you repent of your sins? So it's like, well, no, I didn't do it because someone did it for me, right? And so he, he saw me. He, I, I was able to see the fallacy of my baptism, my sprinkling um, as a kid. So I was like, well, it sounds like I need to be baptized then. He's like, yeah, so and if you want to, we can do it tonight. And he saw me hesitate because in my mind, He's still Catholic. I was just like, isn't it supposed to be this grand ceremony and <laughs> the priest and all that stuff? So um, we all got to wear dresses, you know. Yeah, you, know, you got to wear the <laughs> Go to our river. <laughs> yeah, the white, the white clothing too. Anyways, so he saw me hesitating. He's like, you know what? Um, and this is a Tuesday night. He's like, hey, uh, why don't you come to worship with me on Sunday? So had you gone to any worship services before this, anywhere? So in this journey of, you know, seeking God and all that, I went to Mass because I ended up going to back to that Catholic church. Uh, I went there once. But as far as any other churches, nope. This was the first one outside of the Catholic church that I had gone to. So you're still doing all your, uh, your seeking internally. Right. Yep. So he invites me to worship, and I was like, perfect. That'll give me time to think about what I'm doing and what's funny is uh, Wednesday, uh, I think it was like Wednesday afternoon, I go to the Catholic Church to do what I need to do, but I wanted to pray to God. And so what I did was I got, you know, on my knees before one of the statues, of course, uh, depiction of Christ. And I was like, Lord, if this is your will for me to, you know, be baptized and um, for me to be a part of the church, then let it be. You know, again, I'm still trusting that God's going to lead me where I need to be. So, you know, obviously an answered prayer was I went to worship with my friend. His name is Edgar. I uh, went to worship with him on Sunday. And um, I noticed that I knew some people that I went to uh, school with. So, it was, you know, all connected and stuff. But I went in there. You know, I had no... I knew nothing about the Church of Christ. I knew nothing about, you know, the instruments, you know, the women's role, none of that. All I knew that day was that I was lost and I needed to be saved by His grace. And so, um, you know, it's funny, they had their traditional invitation after the sermon. Well, I didn't know what was going on, so I sat right back down. Uh, And... It's funny, my friend, after uh, service, he came up to me. He's like, hey, man, are you good? Everything, I th- you know, I thought you were going to do it. He's like, yeah, I just didn't know what was going on. So, <laughs> um, and he couldn't sit next to me because he was a song leader. So, you know, anyways, so he's like, are you, you know, do you still want to be baptized? I'm like, I do. And so, you know, we went up to this brother and, you know, he asked me some questions. And, you know, that day, November 20th, I was baptized for the forgiveness of my sins. Awesome. Amen. Amen. So looking back through your entire journey to find or to seek out truth, like you talked about how you kept kind of going back to your roots. What was the final poll that let you do what you knew you needed to do? I was very, uh, I was very attracted to truth. You know, I, uh, I guess all those months prior to my baptism of just, understanding God's word and um, just everything led me to, you know, if this is the truth, you know, I, I, I really don't care about, you know, the traditions that I grew up with. You know, I 
wasn't concerned with what someone's going to think about me if I do this. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it's the the point where you feel like no matter what anyone else thinks, you know this is what you need to do. Right, yeah. and No matter who that person may be. Yeah, at that point I was just like, you know, I, I've been lost for so many years. You know, I was in this dark, dark path, you know, and I was a very lonely guy. And so I was like, I need to have this relationship with God. So there was nothing that was going to get in my way as far as, you know, Hey, don't do this. Yeah. Did you get any uh, pushback from your family or any other of your uh, relatives there? I did not. And the reason for that, I think, was uh, pretty wise in my end is I didn't tell them about it until a month after <laughs> in December. And it wasn't to like, oh, hey, I did this and now you're going to be mad at me. It was just more, I did this. I'm still learning as far as, you know, the, the commitment that I've made. And so I, I really didn't feel the need to tell anyone um, until I was ready to tell them. And when I told them, uh, this was, we're in Mexico with my family, you know, the whole family, grandparents and all that stuff. Small family, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, cousins, yeah, aunts, yeah. uncles, all that yeah. jazz. And so, yeah, I was like, hey, I was, I was baptized. I'm a Christian now. And... Um, my dad was, you know, the one that spoke up and he's like, you know what? I'm very proud of you for that decision that you've made because what we as your parents have tried to do is give you the foundation of, you know, the things that you needed to know and then allowed you to grow into that and to accept that for yourself. So my, my dad truly um, uh, was very supportive of, of that decision. And... Um, and so that that's as far as where my family goes, though, because, you know, they're like, hey, I'm glad you did this, but this isn't for us, or at least we're not ready for that. And so over the years, I'm the only Christian in my family. Um, and so obviously that uh, can be hard, um, but now I'm at a point where um, I will always leave the door open for people to know about God and to have that relationship and to be saved of the sins that, that we have all committed. Yeah. And, you know, so I'll never, you know, how do I say this? I'll, I'll, I'll never close that door for anyone. And so... It's never too late. It's never too late yeah. as long as you're breathing. Yep. It doesn't matter where anyone is in their life or where they may be going to church. As long as you can instill the truth-seeking, right? Mm -hmm. That's the key here. And that's what you did is you were looking for the truth. And did you stop as soon as you got baptized? No. Have you stopped <laughs> any time recently? And not to boast, but I have not. No, <laughs> right? I'm not sure why. And yeah. everyone we've talked to on our podcast, they're still seeking the truth. I personally am still trying to find truth and make sure that what everything I do is still true to the scripture. Right. right? As we can, you can never stop seeking truth. Exactly. So no matter where anyone is, it doesn't matter where they're starting from, as long as you can instill what you had, which is that, God-sized hole in your heart that's only filled by God, and you have to seek the truth to fill it. Amen. Yep. Yep. And uh, so, yes, yeah, uh, one of the things that that I was truly grateful for was the church was like, "Hey, you want to start helping us out as far as you know the worship assignments?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." So um, they started me off as an usher, and so I uh, started an usher, and then next thing you know, they had me doing. Uh, 
announcements, which I truly hated because at that point <laughs> I was like, my uh, I don't know public speaking. People, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, I'm a preacher now. So <laughs> yeah. like I got over that, uh, yeah. that those nerves. And anyways, so you know, slowly was building myself up. And one of the things that I truly appreciated was that when I was still seeking uh, in my early, um, you know, being a babe in Christ. There's an elder who taught a, a new converts class, and so he uh, they would do it every other Tuesday, and I just asked him one point. I was like, "Hey, is it possible to do it every Tuesday? You know, I, I really want to. You know, I want to learn and be able to take what I'm learning and share this with other people because everyone needs to hear this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the guy that was that would say to people." Romans sixteen sixteen. If you can't find your church in the Bible, then it's not a biblical church. <laughs> you know, I was just odd fire. Obviously, didn't have the best tactics, but I, I <laughs> just wanted. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted people to know. You wanted them to know it. You have. You want to yeah. share it. Right? Yeah, because it's it's exciting. And yeah, yeah. we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yep, I uh, went through new converts class with that elder, and that really. Um, was able to build this foundation of where I stand and, you know, how I can know that I am doing God's will. Would Would you say he was your first mentor? I would say so, yeah. yeah. Kind of the person that brought you up from, you know, popping your head out of the water to, to you know, speaking and yeah, getting, you know, all your knowledge down and all that. Yeah, he was just there. Um, he was willing to teach, and you know, it makes it easy when there's someone that just wants to learn, right? Yep. And so, yeah, I'm truly thankful for him. His name is uh, Larry. Uh, Larry was a good guy, and he and is still. On that note, uh, what made you want to go to Bear Valley? I mean, that's a that's a huge commitment to go yeah. from babe in Christ, uh, brand new in the church, and now I want to go to Bear Valley, one of the most intensive <laughs> biblical studies places in the world. <laughs> exactly. And now I want to go there. Like, what, what, what was that draw? How'd you get there? So uh, being baptized in November of 2016, and I started Bear Valley in August of 2019, so two and a half years. Within, uh, I think what the draw for me was I wanted to continue to learn, and at the time I would... Uh, I, I started visiting this uh, Spanish congregation in Tucson, uh, probably like 15 minutes south of the Southside Church of Christ. And uh, I would hang out with the teens there or with the young adult group. And they had a, a young adult class where, you know, the, the the guys would teach that class. And I, I was like, hey, is it possible for me to be able to bring a lesson one day? And they gave me that opportunity. And so from that day, I just... I was like, I, I want to preach and I want to teach. And so, you know, I, I continued to build myself up as far as, um, you know, techniques and studying God's Word so that I can make sure that I, I'm teaching the right thing and, you know, that my, my opinion on on certain things. What was your first lesson on? Ooh, it was in James, uh, controlling the tongue. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, so anyways, uh, I just... The more that I was in the church, the more I wanted to, to, to grow, and, and so fast forward, the uh, let's see here, April of 2019, I am going to a lads to leaders convention in California, Visalia, California, with with the group, 
And, you know, we're there, and I remember there was this booth set up in the corner. And uh, it was a Bear Valley guy, Corey Sawyers, uh, one of the instructors at the time. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah wonderful. And so me and the kids, we go over there, and, you know, I'll be honest, I was there for the free stickers. <laughs> uh, but look at me now, right? <laughs> they got me. Where's the sticker? Yeah. It's not uh, even on your water bottle. <laughs> I know, I know. But anyways, I started talking to Corey, and he's just like, hey, you know, uh, this is what Bear Valley offers. And I, I didn't know that preaching school was a thing at the time. And so, but going back to my I'm not going to college mentality because I'm working and stuff and I'm helping my mom, I really, um, I, I kind of brushed off what he was saying because, you know, I re- wasn't really interested in going to school. Um, but he said something that really stuck with me because I told him, oh, yeah, I'll think about it. He's like, I want you to think about it, but I want you to pray about it. And that really stuck with me because during this time, like, I, I want to continue to grow and to uh, be better equipped um, for preaching and teaching. And so I was like, all right. So I um, go to our rooms later, and I talk to Brother in Christ. And I was like, hey, what are your thoughts on preaching school? And he was just like, well, it's, you know, if you can, if you can do that, you, you need to take advantage of that because you're single, you don't have kids, you know, you have very low responsibilities right now. So you are in a position where if, if that's where you want to go, you need to be there. So, okay. So we go home from that uh, last leaders convention and I go to their website and I apply. And so that was my first step. I started applying, and uh, I'm e- emailing Corey and getting information and all that stuff. And um, I get an acceptance letter. Um, I forget when I got it. Probably, probably in May. I want to say in May. So I get that acceptance letter, and that's when it was like really real for me. I'm like, okay, if I'm really going to do this, like you know, I. And this was a very very stressful time for me because. I'm from Arizona. I've never been to Colorado. I've never been to the Bear Valley Church of Christ. I've never been to the school. And so there's a lot of things that I'm just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, what if, you know, I go over there and they're, you know, drinking Kool-Aid or, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just like. I, Only grape Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. Grape Kool-Aid, right? So I didn't know anything about it. So. Obviously, what I did was I went on their website and they have, you know, the thing where what we believe and what we stand for. And it was like, sounds, sounds legit. So I will go off of that. Um, But the biggest leap of faith that I took was quitting my job. Well, before that was having the conversation with mom and saying, hey, mom, you know, this is something that I'm interested in doing, but I don't want to leave you with the burden of having to pay rent and all these things because it's a lot. I, I get it now, now that I'm working myself. And I truly appreciate her response. And it was, you know, you need to you need to do this for yourself. Like I'm thankful that you're you're worrying about me, but we want you to take this this step in your life and, and do this if this is what you want to do. And so she gave me the green light. And from that point on, that was when, you know, I started talking to my boss and saying, hey, I'm considering this, so, you know, I'm going to have to put my two weeks pretty soon. And um, and so that was one of the obstacles. But the other one was raising support. 
you know, because being at Bear Valley, it's you're a full-time student. You don't have time to work with all the assignments and stuff. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, how is it that people are going to pay me to go to, to, to go to school? Like that, that didn't really function in my head really well. And so this is me now going back to Corey and saying, Hey, you know, this is what I'm dealing. And so he, he assured me like, this is, you know, what people do is people want to support students and to, to go to school and all that stuff to, to be better equipped. Um, but I still had a hard time. Um, I received support from Bear Valley, from my home congregation, a congregation in Hayburn, Idaho, and a congregation in uh, Valdosta, Georgia. And so that was enough for me to say, okay, I have, I don't have 100% of my support, which no Bear Valley guy ever goes into having that 100%. But... I have enough to get me going. And so that was it. I was like, I have what I need. This is what I want to do. And, um, but there was one moment where I had a moment of doubt where I was, where I emailed Corey and this uh, Tyler King. I emailed them and said, Hey, I'm backing out. I'm going to have to wait till January. Cause it was still, this was before I got, you know, the support from everyone. And, you know, Corey, who I only met at Last of the Leaders and then just um, sending emails to each other. And one of the things was at the time, I, was, I felt like I was like, well, he's a recruiter. Of course he wants me to be there. So, you know, this is me not being at the school and uh, meeting everyone personally. And so what Corey did was he had a student give me a call. His name is Tony Rankins. And Tony uh, was supposed to be my roommate. Tony is 58 years old, so you have a 22-year-old guy and a 58-year-old guy. It was, <laughs> it was a good, uh, it was a good mix, and he um, he called me and was like, "Hey, you know, I, I would love to talk to you about Bear Valley, and I am not calling you to um, to force you to do anything. You know, I just want to share what Bear Valley has done for me." And I'm like, "Okay, so you know, my my defense went down that wall." And so him and I just started talking, and by him just sharing what Bear Valley had done for him, that reminded me of why I wanted to go to Bear Valley. And so after uh, probably an hour and a half phone call with him, I was like, all right, I'll be there in August. He's like, what do you mean? Like, uh, <laughs> It shocked him that I changed my mind so quick. <laughs> but it was just like, no, I'm serious. Like, You reminded me why I wanted to go there in the first place. So I need to be there. And so lo and behold, I get everything going and I moved late July to Denver, Colorado and started the program in August. So nice. why was that reason one more time that you wanted to be there? It was because I understood why I wanted to go there in the first place, which is to be better equipped to serve people and to to share what God has done for me, but in a more uh, experienced level of now I have biblical knowledge that I can share with people. And it's not just, you know, you're, you know, taking verses out of context and stuff. So that was it. I think it's funny how what brings you to be baptized is almost a selfish motivation, right? You don't want to die and go to hell. Mm -hmm. You want to be saved. You want to be covered by grace. 
And then immediately when that happens, you have to switch to now being selfless and serving. So what is a basically a selfish act in the beginning becomes a lifelong ambition to be selfless. Amen. And it's that, uh, I'm seeing that same thread of trust in God uh, with your uh, story about Bear Valley. And, you know, it is that intimidating factor of, man, I got to convince all these people to pay me to go to school. It's like, well, how's this going to work out? And then you start worrying about this detail and that detail. And then you're just, and then you're stuck in the weeds on all these details. And you just needed that reminder of, what am I here for? I'm here to trust God and keep his commandments. That's what I'm here to do. Uh, and Bear Valley is a great tool to equip you for that, uh, for information dump. I mean, I've heard from, I haven't gone to Bear Valley myself, but from the students that have graduated from there, just how intense that program is. I mean, it's a four-year degree in two years, and they, they're not joking. <laughs> no, they're not. And so uh, it's, it's, it's impressive uh, that you went from uh, where you were uh, in that, uh, worldly situation to being baptized to just a couple of years later to being in that situation. And now you're here in Lyman, Colorado. Tell us, tell us how you got here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, obviously those two years at Bear Valley were really, really, um, they were hard on me, but in a good way also, because, uh, one of the ways that I describe it, it's uh, it's like drinking water from a fire hose. It's a <laughs> lot <of> process. <laughs> Did you ever want to quit? Yes. What, yes. What caused you not to quit? Well, I'll share uh, what why it came up. Um, this was the first semester still at Bear Valley. Was, I think it was the second quarter, and it was during homiletics class. You know, this uh, the science of preaching, and. I realized by going through this class that I had been doing preaching wrong this whole time. And that discouraged me to say, well, I've been doing it wrong. Am I worthy to do it right? You know, to correct those mistakes, you know, am I worthy of God's grace for all those mistakes that I've made in the past? And so a lot of what that class revealed to me was, you know, I've been doing it wrong, but what am I going to do with that now? And so obviously I, I don't have a quitter's mentality, so I, I stuck it out. And by the end of the quarter, I was like, you know, I was brought brought down pretty low in that regard, but it allowed God to build me up. And that was uh, that was really encouraging for me. So now here in Lyman, mm -hmm. right? what brought you here? So when I was approaching my graduation. Obviously, it's the, you know, where am I going to go? And my mentality was, I don't care where I go. I just want to serve, whether that's youth minister, whether that's pulpit minister, you name it. I, I just want an opportunity to serve with a, a group of people who want to serve God and want to study his word. And so, obviously, um, I had some interviews, one in Kentucky, didn't get the position there. It was an intern, associate internship. Um, there was, let's see here. There's one in California that I applied for, and they just, none of them were really, you know, kind of getting back to me. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's obviously the lack of experience. So um, that, that, uh, that pushed me to, hey, the Lyman Church of Christ, who I have preached for during my time at Bear Valley, 
they are looking for a full-time minister. And so why don't I give them my resume and see where that leads me? Um, and so I give them the resume, and so they put me down with a group of guys who had applied. And um, let's see here. That was in May or in April that I sent that in. By July, they wanted me to come out and preach for the church so that, you know, we can, you know, start working uh, working out what I'm going to be doing here. And so after uh, the services, the worship, uh, they sit me down in front of the whole congregation. They start asking me questions. And I was nervous. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, the whole congregation. I was like, okay. And so they start asking me questions. And to be honest, I didn't think I was going to be here. I was like, you know, there's probably guys that are more qualified than I. You know, that was my thought. And so now it's June of 2019 this is two months after my graduation at Bear Valley and I'm at a camp in Texas uh, I was a camp counselor and I get a call from John Higgins one of the members here in Lyman it said hey uh, we would love to have you out again just for another meeting with the church um, we have decided it's between you and this other guy so that really, I was like, whoa, you know, in, in the past, I didn't think I was, I was qualified. And now they're like, well, you're one of the guys that we want you to be here. And so I come back from Texas and I uh, meet with them the following Sunday. And at that point, they're like, we want to offer you the job. I was like, whoa, whoa. I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. And, um, this was another faith-building moment for me because while I was in Texas, there was a small church that I met with while at camp, and they offered me the job as well. Hmm. And so I had two options now. You know, do I stay in Colorado or do I move to Texas? Uh, truthfully, I was looking at Texas more favorably, um, mainly because I really like the hospitality in Texas. It's just <laughs> uh, something about Texas. Um, and so I started talking to the church in uh, Texas. They had, or they have three elders and, and so, um, I remember one day having a phone conference with them and I asked them, Hey, what would be my responsibilities? Like, um, I need you guys to write that down so that we can come to an agreement because even though we're Christians, I don't want to, you know, say something or you guys say something and next, you know, Five months down the road, there's an issue because we didn't write it down on paper. And so when they gave me the responsibilities, I really wasn't comfortable with them. You know, coming from someone who has never been a minister uh, full time. And so they were expecting too much out of me out of the gate. And I wasn't comfortable with that. And so now I'm, I'm still talking to the church here in Lyman. And I was just like, all right, so what are your expectations of me? And they're just so, so reasonable. And so I'm like, okay, you know, my, my, my prayers are being answered as far as where I need to be mm-hmm. based off of my responsibilities as a preacher and my expectations. And so, um, yeah, I told the church in Texas, I was like, hey, thank you for having me out and all that. But um, what you guys are looking for is someone who's already established, and that's just not me right now. So... Um, I turned that down, and 
I ended up taking the job here in Lyman. I started in August of 2021, and it is a, a great decision that I made because not only um, am I working with this group, but I have the network of people that I know in Colorado. Like, if I want to go to Bear Valley, it's an hour and a half away from here. You know, so um, really good area. I really enjoy uh, living in a small town, being in Tucson, Arizona, where the population's over 500,000 people, you know, and coming out here, it's 2,200. Um, I've really enjoyed, you know, going to the store and be like, hey, I know you, like, how are you doing mm-hmm. you know, to someone that I see there? So, How's the work here been? It's been good. Um, so when I first started, they had me just uh, preaching on Sunday morning. Right now, we don't uh, meet Sunday night, so just... Uh, preach Sunday morning. Uh, one of the members, he teaches the Sunday morning class. And then there really wasn't much going on throughout the week um, for like midweek Bible class or Bible study or anything like that. And so that was uh, that was great for me to to be able to see, you know, what, what needs to be implemented out here. You know, what's going to work for... You know, that person who lives 45 minutes away, you know, they can't be coming out to, you know, for everything. So what, you know, what can we do as a church to make sure that everyone is involved as best as possible? Um, so now, you know, throughout the week, as far as the work, you know, we have, you know, my responsibilities are I preach Sunday morning. Um, and then at four o'clock Sunday, um, I get the teens together and have a teen class with them because uh, I felt like they were being neglected as most most youth are in the church and so it's like all right let's let's get them together because they're really intelligent you know they 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 want to have these discussions and so I'm thankful that God has put me in a place to have this discussion with them as far as studying the Bible and answering their concerns um uh, one of the great privileges that I have here in Lyman is that there's a member very similar um, background to what, uh, you know, this truth seeker. Uh, very similar as far as how him and I share, we want to be right with God. We want to know what he wants from us, and we want to share this with other people. And so it's been a while. I, it's been a while since I've met someone so eager and so hungry for God's word where I've had the privilege now to you know, establish this relationship with him and uh, to have that friendship with him, but also just to, you know, I'll go over one day. He lives like two minutes away from me and it's like, hey, let's, you know, let's have this spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess just sharing uh, these spiritual moments with the church here has truly been a blessing for me. It's great. Well, we we, we usually ask at the end of all of our uh, episodes here, kind of the same question, kind of the mission statement for the podcast that comes out of 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Paul charges Timothy, find faithful men who are able to teach others also, this continuation of uh, church, uh, what we call church, what we call spreading that gospel message and, and establishing leaders. Uh, you as a, a young leader, what, what would be the advice that you'd give to us, to our listeners, uh, to to find those people that are truly uh, truth seekers and then how to cultivate that into a, a real relationship with God. What would be your advice in that uh, endeavor there? Well, yeah, the, the 
the start and all that is to be a truth seeker yourself, right? You know, um, one of the things that um, this guy who I just shared uh, about, you know, one of the things that he shared with me is it's very easy for him and I to have these conversations because we're both seeking the same thing. And so you got to be a truth seeker yourself. Um, and just putting yourself in an opportunity where, you know, as a leader, you have to be willing to, you know, come in on Sunday and and clean up the building when no one has asked you to do. Um, just being able to show your passion to other people, um, to them, is just encouraging. So, you know, I don't know if I answered your question. Oh, yeah, uh, being a, a being a true true truth seeker and having a servant heart, uh, and that's just that's that's true of any type of leadership. And it's it's easier to follow somebody who's leading from a servant perspective than it is someone who is, you know, overbearing or uh, yelling or coming down upon you or these types of things. It's like if they're coming at you from a servant loving position, it's easy to, it's easy to follow someone like that (laughs) for sure. Um, And another quick thing on that is um, uh, as a minister, I've learned that you will do more good for the church if you are in their home, um, many times, um, and this isn't uh, to say anyone specific, but um, I've seen how preachers are just the ones that are there on Sunday and teaching class and stuff, but they're never in the homes of the people. And one of the things that I learned was if you're not in their homes, you're never going to learn who they are and what they need and where they need to, you know, what, what you need to provide in order to take them to the next step. And so it's been really encouraging just putting myself out there and being in people's homes, uh, inviting them to my home, um, and just uh, developing that friendship, that uh, sister and brotherhood. Especially when they find out you're a chef. You probably have to yeah. keep them away. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to uh, get people, you know, close together is bringing them, bring them together. And what you're saying is becoming a family. Yeah. Getting away from a corporate type of structured church where we meet at the building. This is where we come to talk about spiritual things, but then we're going to go our own ways. Right? right. It's a constant. Let's always talk about spiritual things. Let's always get together. Let's be a family and let's serve God. Right. And just, you know, teaching people to, to want to be together, not because they have to, but because they want to. And that's really my mission. My goal is to bring the church here together and to want to be like in Acts chapter two in the latter verses where they were together day by day, you know, getting together and just fellowshipping yeah, like they had everything in common Had everything <laughs> yeah. in common. Well, and that's one of the points is that it doesn't matter if they're your same age or even if you have all the same interests or all these different things that we like to on the surface say, well, there's not very many young families here. So I don't know if we can go to that congregation, right? You've heard that before. Well, it doesn't matter because as soon as you find that you're all trying to seek truth and you want to grow together to serve God, you're going to become family no matter how old they are or how young you are or whatever the differences is are all overcome by your willingness to serve. Yep. Right. That common, that commonality is in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. Christ brings us together. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank really you for having me. Appreciate your time. Yeah, well, uh, we really appreciate it, like you said, um, sitting down and 
talking with us. It's been a, it's been a real blessing. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm glad you guys can join us here in Lyman. Um, stop here anytime, and we will welcome you with open arms. So. Thank you.